everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. Today we are looking at Luke chapter 2, uh, and one of the things that's just really interesting to me today, you will notice in verse 19 and in verse 51 of Luke chapter 2, uh, this this term that Luke chooses to use that says his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. This is Luke talking about Mary, uh, her experience of like essentially watching her son. And he repeats that phrase a couple times. So just noticing that phrase twice today, I was like, huh, I kind of want to read through this passage Um Thinking through like what it would be like for Mary to experience these things, because I think Luke is speaking as though it's really interesting for Mary to experience these things. Uh, so like always, stick around, listen to us, read Luke chapter two or read Luke chapter two for yourself. Uh, but just like an interesting spin on this. Think about being uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, experiencing these things. I get it. If you're a guy, that's weird. Uh, but it is, it's interesting that Luke notes that, and he wouldn't have to. It's just like a side detail that she treasured these events in her heart. Well, as a mom in general, having someone marvel at your child is very like heartwarming. It's like, I don't know, it's something you definitely appreciate. However, you have to think too, Mary has had such a unique experience up to this point. Her, the birth of her son was prophesied to her mm-hmm. by an angel. Um, then they actually bring him into the world, and these shepherds are speaking about him. Um, they have an instance where they run into uh, Simeon, who has been waiting to meet this baby for so long. Um, and just the things that people say about him. Also, even Anna, the, a prophetess. Like, yep. the same thing. Anna, and then as well as the teachers that Jesus mm-hmm. is in the middle of teaching as a young boy, uh, I can imagine as a like as a mom, but even more so as a first time mom. And this is these are the things that people are saying about your child. I just solved the issue that I had in my mind. It's actually very easy to solve if you don't like imagining that you're Mary because you're not a woman. <laughs> just imagine you're Joseph. Works the same way, actually. Yeah, there you go. I was going to say similar, similar uh, so, situation. Sorry about that. Uh, but it it is interesting to think through this as Jesus is an actual human, but he's not a typical human because he is at the same time 100% God. He's 100% human. He's having a very human experience, uh, probably the most common human experience here in Luke chapter two being born. Uh, and then we see him essentially at the end of Luke two, there's, um, I, I think a pretty common passage and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. Like it, it's literally explaining like he got smarter, like kids get smarter. He got taller as kids get taller. So like the bulk of this passage is just Jesus is a human being. And it's so essential to us to understand that Jesus was a human being and at the same time he was god and he never at any point gave up those pieces he's a man and he's god Mm -hmm. i think there's something really special and unique too about simeon i always come back to simeon whenever we read through this book and something that's really interesting about him is that he is described in verse 25 as a devout Um, and righteous man who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Um, And the Holy Spirit is being called out as being tightly wound to uh, Simeon. He is very close to what God is um, teaching him, what God is revealing to him. And it is actually like promised to him 
uh, and revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had met um, the Lord's Christ. So I always really like this passage because this this man dedicated so much of his life to waiting for what God had promised him through the Holy Spirit. And I feel like that takes a lot of faith and a lot of, what's the word I want? Um, it, maybe even just like discipline to yeah. like, I trust that you're going to do this and I'm going to keep on believing and keep on trusting that you are going to reveal this to me. And like the moment where he meets Jesus, it's just so special and so cool uh, because this man, he's an old man. He like is fully anticipating death and Jesus just walks right in and he's like, oh my goodness, it's you. And I've been waiting for you for so long. The first recorded thing that he says that Luke records, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Mm Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even like, obviously he does recognize Jesus, but his first thing that he shouts out is not like, praise God, or that's Jesus, Mm -hmm. or wow, it's the Christ. It's like, I can finally die. Like, I know you've kept your word and I will depart in peace. It's incredible. It'd be kind of nice to have those little, you know, flags towards the end of life. Like, oh, okay, this is it. (laughs) I mean, think about is like, you've already highlighted this, but the amount of faith, the amount of perseverance, the amount of trust that he has in God, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, God said that he would, so he will. And he does. And it, it, again... Luke is highlighting over and over, I think, the presence of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is doing something new. The Holy Spirit seems to be at least mentioned more often here. Uh, And it's Luke that writes the book of Acts that, again, is going to focus on how the Holy Spirit is doing completely new things, uh, moving in all believers instead of moving on specific people for specific times for specific purposes. Uh, Now it's this much broader thing that's, that's still going on today, by the way. Um, So something interesting that is I guess I'm reminded of when we read chapter one, uh, when Jesus was being foretold about uh, his birth to Mary through the angel, um, there was a reference that I had made to chapter two about the fact that indeed when Jesus grows up, um, his, or excuse me, Mary's heart would also be pierced um, like a sword as well. So we see that reference come up in this passage again. So Simeon is still speaking and he's talking about Jesus in verse 34. It says, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. So this is really cool too, because Simeon has absolutely no idea what the angel would have spoken to her. And he says, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is that will be opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So I think that is really, really telling. And I'm sure for Mary, again, just that moment of like, oh my gosh, how do you even know that? But because the Holy Spirit is working through Simeon, obviously Jesus is God in human form. And like, I'm sure this is like totally transforming Mary's understanding of who God is too, all at the same time, because she knows something else is coming through the words that were spoken to her through the angel, as well as through Simeon. Um, like we kind of jumped ahead to talk about Simeon because Simeon is a really compelling figure. Um, but I kind of want to have a short conversation about, uh, the shepherds and like biblical accuracy because the two things go hand in hand. Um, if you wanted to write a story that was fake and meant to mislead people to follow this God that was not really God, you would not write about worthless, unimportant, nameless shepherds coming to recognize the Christ. Because here in Luke's gospel, and there's other other parts, other gospels that recognize this as well, an angel comes to shepherds in the fields and tells them that a Savior has been born, and they go and see the Savior that has been born. And so we see here, like, 
nameless, meaningless, not, not, I guess I shouldn't say meaningless. Obviously they are meaningful people because they're people, uh, but they're not famous people. Their they're not influential. Not yeah. They do not have high status and it, their status is so low. We don't know their names or their reputations. We just know their shepherds. And if you wanted to write a fictitious account to mislead people, you wouldn't include this detail. Instead, you would make up that you know, the powerful Roman governors showed up and worshiped him or the powerful Jewish leaders showed up and worshiped him. But here we have, um, you know, no name shepherds and it could like, it could strike you as kind of a throwaway detail, but it's actually a pretty significant detail, um, that when Jesus is born, the angels proclaim his birth to people that are out watching sheep over flocks by night. Uh, and they don't have, you know, a high reputation. They don't have a lot of influence. They don't have a lot of money. Uh, they're just regular old people. It just shows us that Jesus' kingdom is for all people, and it also supports the fact that this is a true account of what happened. Another thing that is um, a, that supports that this is a true account of what happened is I told you yesterday, or, or Friday, I guess, that Luke is very detailed. He's the most detailed account that we have. So you can see at the beginning of chapter 2, he's calling out that a decree came out from Caesar Augustus that there should be a registration. Uh, you see him talking about Quirinius is the governor of Syria at that time time. And then um, we you see like where Joseph had to go for this registration and stuff. All these details are confirmed by other sources throughout history. So for example, like I love nerdy Bible history. I'm reading this thing from a guy named Eusebius who wrote in like, um, I think it's like late 200s, early 300s that's talking about these Roman governors. And at that time writing, confirming that these were the governors at the time. And he was much closer to them, obviously, than we are today. And he had a lot of literature available to him that we do not have available to us. And he's saying, like, this is true. Like, this governor was serving in Syria at the time. This registration was ordered at the time. So these details line up with actual historical details that are confirmed by more than just Christian people. So hmm. it's nerdy extra credit, but it actually firms our faith and tells us that actually the Bible is true. And when there there are several things in the Bible that are true, we can safely assume a lot of the other things are true as well. So I don't want to keep going past anything from the beginning if there's still things at the beginning. No, Apparently I think I, I think that that's just lot. worth No, I think it's just worth calling out. I think it's okay. really interesting. So then after that we also talked a little bit about Anna. And there's not like a whole lot of dialogue about what was actually said, but again, she was a very devout um woman who was dedicated to worshiping, fasting and praying um at the temple. And it says in verse 38, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him, or excuse me, to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So that keyword redemption of Jerusalem is very important. Um, it doesn't really give us a whole lot of information what she actually had said, but it is proof again for these two very devout people who were anticipating Jesus' arrival and then confirming when he comes. Then we kind of like bump into the end of the chapter, which I think mostly is highlighted in Jesus teaching in the temple. Yeah, it's it's huge. And Jesus it like there's a there's a fast forward, like a pretty significant fast forward. We basically get Jesus' birth, we get his dedication. His dedication is very close to his birth. Then we skip like 11 years, I guess, 12 years, basically. Mm -hmm. um, one question that popped up in my mind is like, wait a minute, I thought Matthew said they ran away to Egypt and Luke doesn't say that. <laughs> That's because Luke highlights like the birth and then moves on to where Jesus is like 12 years old. 
and the flight to Egypt is recorded in Matthew chapter 2. It actually starts in verse 13, but that's happening when he's around two years old. So Luke is giving this account of very early and then much later, and Matthew is giving a longer account uh, that includes like the wise men from the east and the the mm-hmm. um, Herod trying to kill all the babies, which is also recorded in history by non-Christian sources. Which is weird because I usually think of Luke as being the one that's more detailed in this. Whenever I think of like Christmas story, gonna hear all the details, it's usually Luke in my mind. But it's right. like they skip so or he skips so well, much. And sometimes we get like a little bit from here, a little bit yeah. from there to tell like one narrative of the Christmas story. So if mm-hmm. I, I actually read over it and I was like, wait a minute, these accounts don't line up, but they do. They're just <laughs> different time periods that yeah. are being focused on. The thing that's interesting about what's going on with Jesus at the temple. Uh, remember Luke is showing us like how much more authority Jesus has. This is Jesus as a 12 year old sitting in the temple, like reasoning with the teachers. These would have been like pretty famous, pretty well-known teachers. And they are astounded at the amount of wisdom and knowledge that he has. And they're also, I I think we can add, it is fascinating how committed to God he is at age 12. And obviously we know that he is God, so it makes sense. But this detail is really important. We shouldn't miss it, that many people are seeing him being like, whoa, who is this guy? Well, I was actually curious. It says they found in verse 46, they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers is that assuming like teachers of the law? So like those men of very high status. Yes. Okay. So I guess what I was thinking of is although Jesus is 12 and yes, they're like astounded by how much he knows, is he on their radar at this point? Like who's that kid? I know you can't really answer that, but it's like, oh, who is this kid? And does that carry over into his ministry? The, the one thing we can probably note is that it's very likely that some of these guys that very publicly oppose him, you know, he's 12 here, so he's probably in his 30s. So mm-hmm. 15, you know, 18. yeah, like years <laughs> later, um, it's very likely that it's some of the same people. Yeah. There, there's no like we don't know that 100 percent, I guess. But it would make sense because these guys are like they're teachers and they remain teachers. It is interesting. Like we had talked about that before, like. When you when you grow up, people only see you through the lens of mm-hmm. like being a child. I wonder what it's like because as a child, it's super exciting when a child can come up to you and start spewing things off yeah. that an adult would. Um, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. But then as they grow, it can turn so quickly into something different. I will say one of the things we do know is that when he does start to publicly teach, people are very surprised by his authority. But then in his hometown, they're like, wait a minute. We know that guy. That's just mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like. Okay, I'm not nearly as impressed anymore because I already know him. I saw him grow up. Um, But we do see here that there's something unique going on with Jesus. Uh, He is committed um, to the teaching in the temple, and people are very impressed with him. Um, We also see that he is more loyal to his heavenly father than perhaps his earthly father as they're like, hey, where is this guy? Um, also something to note is that we hear less and less about Joseph after this. Yeah, it's possible I was we actually say that. I don't think we hear anything about Joseph. And the prevailing opinion is that Joseph most likely died between Jesus um like temple story, this story mm-hmm, here in Luke mm-hmm. two, and when he starts his ministry. So most likely in those, I guess you corrected me, eighteen years. Uh, Joseph most likely passes away because Joseph is not present um, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry when they're like kind of calling him out because they're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also not present like at the at the cross at the end of his ministry at his death and resurrection. Uh, so it's it's very likely that Joseph passed away at some point 
in That's, between. I'm glad you pointed that out because I actually did wonder. I don't know why it, it occurred to me just now, but I was like very confused why all of a sudden we don't hear about mm-hmm. him anymore, why he isn't present in any of those other books, miracles, any of it. So to wrap this up and to give you your part to start your week, uh, I would encourage you, I always love pointing this out, it is very important that we understand that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. And we see here in Luke 2, this is a great passage to use to understand this this 100% man piece. He's born like everybody else is born. He grows up like everybody else grows up. But at the same time, he has this authority that people are not familiar with uh, and this way of handling himself, which apparently stuck out even though he was still a very young child. And like it, it's I, I, like it's a cornerstone of our faith to understand that Jesus is God and man. Um, and we see that here in Luke 2. The second thing I would say is just, I challenge you, like, read this through the eyes of Mary or through the eyes of Joseph. If you're a parent, you can even look at this a little bit differently as, like, how incredible it must have been uh, and how either faith-affirming or how curious it must have been for Mary and for Joseph. So actually, the your part is make sure uh, you either listen to us read Luke chapter 2 or you read it for yourself. Uh, I, I always like to remind you that God's word is more important than our word. Uh, So take some time to get that into your day today. Uh, We'll be back in tomorrow with Luke chapter three. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all were to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them at the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known this saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. 
And when the time came for the purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, in the daughter of Phenuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the feast of the Passover. And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Do you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode. And if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.